The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode of the Solid 7 Podcast is brought to you by Hit and Skins. Hit and Skins is Central Florida's premier custom branding company, offering high-quality custom apparel, design, signage, vehicle wraps, and much more. With over 15 years of experience, they have the expertise to take your project from concept to finished product. And their exceptional service and attention to detail mean your project will turn out just like you imagined or better. Visit hittenskins.com today. That's H-I-T-T-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. And let them get to work on the branding you deserve. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events and a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Oh, and welcome everyone to a Solid 7 Podcast, a better than average podcast, if I do say so myself. We're not a podcast about nothing, but we're also not a podcast about any one thing each week. We'd like to invite a guest to come on, talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us. And this week, we welcome back the one and only Jason Shorey. Hey, yo. Hey, buddy. <laughs> How you doing? How's it going, man? It's, uh, you know, it's not bad. Welcome. It's beautiful up here. Welcome back. We to... had a balmy, balmy 82 degree day today. Nice, bright blue skies. Yeah, well, let's, uh, Jason, of course, uh, coming to us from uh, the great state of, the once great state of uh, of Michigan, <laughs> and uh, still not without its charms, but let's uh, let's chat again in February, you know what I'm saying, bro? Uh, you know, here's the thing, man, I absolutely love the snow, I really do, I love getting out there and snowshoeing and riding snowmobiles and going across ice bridges and all that stuff, it's it's a blast. Well, if there's one... You can, you can always dress for the cold. There's yes. only so much you can take off in the heat without getting arrested. That is that is accurate. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, one thing that for sure helps you get through the cold uh, is just being fueled right with something like uh, you know, like a Jocko Go, which of course fuels the Solid Seven Podcast. As always, cheers to you, sir. Going with uh, you know, uh, I I can't do uh, I can't do a Jocko Go, so I have a Coke, unfortunately. <laughs> But I do have my nice made in China solid seven mug to drink it from. The 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 Coke is acceptable if you're drinking it from from the solid seven mug, which is of course a better than average coffee mug, only available to our uh, solid seven Patreon supporters. So uh, of which Jason has been for for quite some time a faithful supporter. So which we appreciate. But uh, it's amazing how fast time goes by. 
indeed. It really does. Uh, so uh, I wanted to talk to you, dude, coming up on this just because, I mean, and this is a real loose tie-on, and I need you to remind me how this came about, right? But um, anybody that's a, a Disney World fan or, or, you know, even tangentially, you don't have to be an, an Uber fan, which I read a really funny article about Disney adults the other day, um, but which are their own breed. But throughout the parks... About it being a religion, I think? Uh, may, maybe. It's possible. <laughs> um, it's not wrong. Uh, but there's so there's these hidden Mickeys everywhere in their movies, in the parks, like there's hidden Mickeys all kinds of places. And so it's a, it's a whole thing to find these hidden Mickeys. So, um, you know, my, my old uh, co-host, our, our buddy here, Josh Rush, once upon a time, all, all of us worked in an office together and, uh, you and Josh, God bless you both. I don't, I don't know who I prayed for more, uh, shared an office for some time, which, uh, it's just a festivist that, miracle. That we did. <laughs> yeah. It's a, just a festivist miracle that you both came out of that alive. But at one <laughs> point, um, Josh, uh, graphic artiste that he is. Uh, made a version of Buzz Lightyear that had your face on it. And he printed these in varying sizes and colorations and planted them all throughout the office. They were hiding in potted plants. He added Buzz into people's like family pictures on their desks. There was <laughs> one, did. my favorite one, we had this big uh, cityscape, like black and white cityscape Um uh, on up on the wall. I mean, probably like four foot by six foot. I mean, big, big. And he printed a, a little uh, Jason Lightyear <laughs> in black and white. That was the hardest one to find. If you didn't know it was there, like it just blended. And still, for years, we would find these things in the office. Like it, it took forever to locate them all. I don't remember what prompted it. Um, it seemed fitting. Uh, and I think there was a parrot on your shoulder. There, there was. I mean, there's there was a, a lot, on there's my a shoulder. lot of inside uh, jokes it, to this. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it wasn't just me, though. I, I, like, Chris, I think, was um, – who did he end up being? Was he Woody? Uh, he, he made our good friend Chris Arroyo. He was he was Woody. I think he had um, Josh, uh, who was our worship worship leader. He had him as, as Porky. Um, he had several characters that he did this with. But I think it was right around – we were getting ready for, like, uh, Tidal Wave. Or whatever, and I had made that big ship that was supposed to be like Columbus's ship, nah. and uh, and he he made the Buzz Lightyear that had a peg leg even, and and put it up in the crow's nest of said ship. Now, listeners, you'll you'll learn as as Jason makes the rounds on the podcast here. He's um, <laughs> how do I describe you, Jason? Jason is a, he's a passionate human being. <laughs> and uh, at times that passion presents it way itself in uh, quirky and entertaining ways. And I remember vividly uh, the staff meeting we were in. So Jason said tidal wave. So this was like a big multi-day event that we would do uh, where, where we worked there. So, um, you know, we were we were building these like big set props and the topic came up and it was like, you know, representing all these major moments in history. And so the, the possibility came up of like recreating, uh, I think one of Columbus's ships, I think is what it was going to uh -huh. be. Yep. And, uh, but, but in like a, not, not, not to scale, that would be ridiculous, but big, like big, big. And, uh, Jason, man, he was fired up about this idea. <laughs> and, uh, I, I mean, this is, this is not, I'm not paraphrasing at all. Jason's phrasing to our boss was please release me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> which was just a thoroughly normal way 
uh, to make that request. Nothing at all uh, awkward or quirky <laughs> about that. But that's that's Jason, man. He wanted to build a ship, and he did get released to, to yeah, build it. Was, it. it was like seven and a half foot tall when all was said and done and like <laughs> seven foot wide. Oh, gosh. Was, uh, yeah, it was awesome. But, I, I enjoyed it a lot. But so, Jason, you know, in, in our office, in, in that circle of friends that, that worked together for so long there, uh, you know, it will forever be closely associated with with Buzz Lightyear. And if I'm being fully honest, I I would rather watch a movie with you cast as Buzz Buzz Lightyear uh than what Pixar has recently released. And it seems based on the numbers, based on the reports, I'm not <laughs> You're not the I'm, only one. I'm not alone. Uh you know when 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 I saw that Tim Allen wasn't doing the voice, uh that started immediately throwing some red flags for me. Um because he's Buzz, and it would make no sense to have anybody else. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah, I, uh, I know just there's continue to go down from there. Like there, I know there's all kinds of, of people, you know, uh, on the right, uh, worked up about the the same sex kiss, and and you can there, there's all kinds of things to to debate with that, right? You and I were kind of talking about that off air, like, uh, you know, if you're more conservative, if you're Christian, actually, you don't even have to be Christian. I, I think you know the Islamic faith would take issue with that. All kind of stuff is that kind of a turnoff to you? Yeah. Um, do we have a problem when it's heterosexual? Do we care that Prince Charming kisses Sleeping Beauty to wake her up? No, no, we don't. Right. So there's a little bit of, of intellectually honest and I'm just, you know, I've said this on here a lot of times. I'm not a boycott kind of person. Like I just won't do that thing myself. Maybe my thing won't do it, but I'm not the kind of person to be like, and nobody else should either. Right. Your, your mileage may vary. Um, but yeah, the most off-putting thing to me, like I wasn't going to see it with or without that. Here's what does annoy me about that is as I've heard it reported, maybe this isn't corroborated, that it was that that was added in response to Disney's backlash to Florida's so-called don't say gay bill, which of course has nothing to do with saying the word gay. So it, it actually is more off-putting to me if it's added as a political statement other than other than just a, a natural part of, of the story and a storytelling vehicle. That's more off-putting to me. But even if that hadn't gone down, I was done the second it wasn't Tim Allen. Because I find right. I find Disney's explanation for that thoroughly disingenuous. It's, oh, this isn't the toy, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> right. This is the movie that spawned the toy. This is the movie that Andy would have gone to see that would have made him want the Buzz Lightyear toy. Um no, you just don't like Tim Allen's political leanings. That's it. That's it. Because even if it was the movie, who would do the voice for the toy? The guy who voiced the movie. Well, there's plenty of times. In fact, uh, the little Timmy or whatever his name, I can't think of his name or whatever in the Toy Story movies. Andy. Um, Andy, there yeah, you yeah. go. Uh, he's watching it on TV at some point, and, and you still hear Tim Allen's voice in it. And I mean, so that that is the movie then. Yeah. And he was voicing it then, so why would he not voice it later on down the road? It, it comes down to pushing junk into movies, whether it be an agenda or removing people from movies for an agenda. And, uh, man, you know, you guys, uh, I was listening to your podcast earlier today, as a matter of fact, just to catch up between you and Mike Redacted. Good kid. And uh, you, were, you guys were hitting on that very same thing about just shoving it down our throats. I was one of those that used to watch Modern Family. And like you said, like it was something that was just, it was naturally part of the story. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't shoehorned in. Yeah, it and wasn't, now at this it, point, it wasn't preaching. It wasn't, a, yeah, it wasn't right. preaching. It wasn't evangelizing. It was just, this is who this family is. 
Uh, like I, it's, I, I was never like watching it going, oh, people should pursue this lifestyle. It wasn't that. It just wasn't off-putting in that they weren't trying to force the ideology on me. It was just part of the storytelling. It was just a really, it was like any other relationship in the show. Um, right. And so I like I and I don't know why that can't be more the case. I don't know why you have to have moments like I keep going back to it because it was so glaringly obvious, especially for just a mega blockbuster. Uh, but in whichever one it was, not uh, not I guess Avengers Infinity War, like the girl power scene. I'm like, it's just so forced. Like it doesn't right. have to be that way. You had plenty of like awesome, powerful female superheroes. You don't have to shoehorn that scene in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just the forcing. I, I just, I don't know, man, just let things happen naturally. I, it's crazy when you look back at movies. Um, I, I don't know. It's just that the world has just gotten so jaded on pushing agendas that that's the focal point of everything at this yeah. point. And uh, well, man, it just needs to take a break to let us escape from the craziness of the world. And like Disney's pretty known for it. Yeah, you'll get big names voicing things. That's always been a thing. And that's a draw for animated movies. But they also take nobodies and make them somebodies, right? A lot of people that we know their names, either as musical artists or as actors, started out on, on Disney shows, stuff like that. But they'll take somebody like an unknown, like the girl who voiced Moana, right? And make and that's, that's a big deal. So uh, have somebody voice Buzz. Who who is who is nobody right? But no, you went you went away from an actor who has vocally stated you know uh, you know conservative beliefs, conservative political leanings, to somebody who is openly vocally 180 degrees the other direction. <laughs> it wasn't accidental. It wasn't oh this isn't Buzz. It was just you didn't want to elevate Tim Allen and his beliefs or his message. And so it's just, I even would have respected it more if they had been like, you know, Tim's just somebody who doesn't really align with where we're at. And, and we, we went with somebody else. Okay. Okay. I'm still probably not going to see your movie based on that. It does get, you know, it's harder and harder to say I'm not a boycott per person and I'm not the, like, I'm going to call for a boycott. I might not go to, to a place, um, you know, based on on whatever, or might not buy from a company based on something, but I'm just not going to be like the rallying cry. I'm not that person, but man, it does get harder and harder to give Disney any of my money. And even being central in central Florida, I don't give them much. We don't go to the parks. We don't have the passes, even with the little kids. Part of it is the new CEO Chapek is just so money grubbing. It's so ridiculously expensive to go to to the Disney parks, even just one park, even just for one day, even if you're going to get a quote unquote discount doing multiple parks over multiple days, uh, you just get nickel and dimed everywhere. I mean, it's the the magic for anybody other but the smallest of kids is gone. Um, Everything has kind of gone that way, though. Um, I know like up by us, there's Cedar Point, right? And I remember just before COVID had hit, they they actually did a big push because it was coming up in the summer months. And um, <laughs> things are definitely not the same up here as they are down there where you have theme parks open year round. They actually closed down for the winter because, well, roller coasters won't work so well in negative 20 degree weather with snow everywhere. Sissies. Uh, so. <laughs> But uh, right. Uh, so so they shut down. So when they're reopening or whatever, they were doing this big ad for people that lived in Michigan to come down and get an annual pass. And it was going to be like 50 or 60 bucks for an adult and like 30 bucks for a kid. 
it was an annual pass. It was kind of like what, what SeaWorld and Bush Gardens used to do. Yeah. I don't know if they're still doing that or not, but uh, it was something along those lines. And now it's getting to the point. It's almost as expensive to go to Cedar Point as yeah. it is to go to Disney. And uh, it's, I mean, they, same thing, nickel and dime. You got to pay for parking. Now you got to pay for this. You got to pay for yeah, that. But the, just... the whole paying for parking thing has always been so disingenuous to me. Like, what are my options? What, what am I going to do? Fly in on my jet pack? Like, you know, <laughs> I got to come park. It, it's just a way of, you know, making the tickets seem a little less expensive. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm going to catch you on that parking and you weren't thinking about that maybe when, when you bought your, your ticket and all, and all the parks do that. And some of that, right. We're all, we're all living through inflation right now. And Mike and I talked about that some last week, there's plenty of uh, blame to lay uh, at the feet of this administration and president Biden. Uh, but man, he, you know, he, he took over an office that was built on top of a pile of hay soaked in gasoline, right? So it wasn't going to take much uh, overspending and that type of stuff to, to tip the, the scales uh, towards just hyper,ing we're not in hyperinflation yet, but we're certainly not in a fun spot. Oh man, we're, we're, we're not, not Z- far we're off not Zimbabwe those. yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so the the parks it's just so hard to continue to give Disney money because they like it. It it is starting to feel where it's like I'm giving my money to to a political pack rather than an entertainment industry, and it's you know where it's like. Hey, Daily Wire, let's hurry up with the kids programming that you said was coming because I'd much. But it's so we do pick and choose like we are discerning parents. We don't just throw electronic devices at our kids and let them pick whatever. But there's plenty of stuff that's on Disney Plus that my kids love that, uh, you know, isn't offensive to our values. And I'm not that person either where, um, you know, my kids can't ever be exposed to anything that doesn't go along with our beliefs, right? Because I'd rather them be exposed to it under my my control, in my presence, where I can explain it, um, where I can give them direction because they're going to be exposed to those things anyways. So I, I'm not a fan of that, hey, I'm going to you know keep all this stuff from my kids all the time. And then when they're exposed to it, Outside of of my influence, they have no idea what to do with it, and it's and it's culture shock. I'm I'm not personally a fan of of that tack, so I don't mind that. But I'm, you know, I do police, um, you know, kind of what they watch and and what they're what they're taking in. And there's plenty of stuff, you know, cartoons and stuff and movies that we grew up on that are that are that are fine and even current stuff. Like my kids love Doc McStuffins. I got no problem with Doc Doc Mc, you know, all that stuff that's there. So it's there is a ton of of entertainment value and even learning. Um, that my kids glean from, you know, Mickey's Clubhouse and something. They love that stuff. And it's, you know, it's no different than us watching Sesame Street. And Lord knows we watch plenty of cartoons with zero educational value. I'm like, I, I miss those days yeah. though. Like, why is it that every TV show that the kids watch today has to be an educational show? Why can't it just be something fun that's just yeah. enjoyable to watch? Well, that's like <laughs> even away from uh, Disney, uh, like over on Netflix, my son loves Octonauts. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's kind of their, it, it's a newer captain planet, right? It's, you know, they're going around saving animals on, in the ocean and on land, but it's all because of global warming and all these issues and whatever else I'm like, but you know, the octonauts aren't right about everything, right? <laughs> right? Like <laughs> it's fun, but they're not, they're not right about everything. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's like just, yeah, we, I don't know. We say it on here all the time. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I, you know, I don't know that uh, the Sound Seven podcast is is going to move the needle. Though I don't know. I mean, you see, uh, you see people like uh, Ben Shapiro. You see people who are more internet personalities, and more of our entertainment is outside of the mainstream. It's away from the television. It's away from the the movie screens. Uh, things like Joe Rogan, Daily Wire, uh, stuff like that, are moving the needle needle culturally. Where Daily Wire, in particular. 
um, as a as a as an entertainment company have said, no, we're going to stop ceding the ground of entertainment to to the left and to liberals. We're going to provide high quality entertainment. Um, so not the movie Left Behind. We're going to provide high <laughs> high quality entertainment. We're going to exist. We're going to have a presence in the entertainment space and provide content that does align with conservative values. Uh, and 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 they've done a great job of it. And it's getting harder and harder not to take that subscription money that I'm given elsewhere uh, and and give it to Daily Wire. Um, and it's and I, I, I honestly haven't I haven't seen anything that they've done. I, like I've seen ads for yeah. Um, what's her name? Gina Gina Serrano or whatever yeah, her name is. They uh, they just dropped uh, Gina Carano's movie, and I've heard Carano, yeah. I've heard nothing but great stuff. Uh, and then, man, Matt Walsh's documentary over there about what is a woman has blown up. And you go to like Rotten Tomatoes, and both those uh, those pieces of content in particular have like are in like the top ratings for at home entertainment uh, wow. right now on on Rotten Tomatoes. Um. So, man, the, the what is a woman thing, even just, again, I haven't seen it because I have been a Daily Wire subscriber in the past. It's tough, you know, finding the balance of where you're going to spend that money, right? We all cut the cord or a lot of people There's cut the cord. There's only so much to go around. Yeah, it's like I'm going to save because I'm not going to pay for, for cable or satellite anymore. And then it's like, well, I've got 15 streaming services now, uh, right? So it's like, and I, you know, I do prioritize some of where the kids' content is, which is like Netflix, Disney Plus are almost a must with the little kids. Uh, they're not. I could turn the TV off and, you know, they could, you know, like learn Latin or something like kids used to and be useful. Read a book. And, yeah, be useful to society. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but that's no fun for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I do appreciate like the, the content that, that what daily wire is doing and, and what they're creating. I did. I was bummed. I'm a bit, have you come across, um, Tuttle twins at all? Oh yeah. 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 So for, for quite some time, yeah. I mean, even before stuff who hit the fan a couple of years ago or whatever, um, they were, they were already making their rounds pretty solidly or whatever. And I had already kind of caught wind of them and, and watched them, them and, and JP Sears is another one, yeah. uh, which he's definitely flip flop from where he was initially. But now it's like, I, I think I might've even just sent you a video of his uh, a week or so ago or whatever, but both of those two have definitely helped uh, kind of keep a little bit of my sanity because yeah. a lot of what they say is like. Thank God someone's saying. Well, and so, you know, listeners, you know, I think we've we've talked about Tuttle Twins on here some before, but to to kind of fill that in completely, especially because uh, I've really been trying to reach out to their team. I'd love to have the creator on the podcast, Connor. Uh, So listeners, if you're uh, if you're so inclined and you're on social media, feel free to reach out to Connor Boyack and be like, hey, we'd love to hear you on the sides of a podcast. Um, cause that's, that's the way to really ingratiate your, some, your, your way to somebody is just to, you know, blow up their DMS <laughs> of, with, from a bunch of strangers. But so tunnel twins is, it started as a book series. It's, it's written and created by a guy named Connor Boyack. Connor, um, I think founded and runs, uh, like a, a think tank and a teaching institution out in Utah called Libert, uh, Libertas. Uh, but tunnel twins are these books for, for kids and teens, and they continue to expand, um, their, their catalog and it teaches um, all these like uh, traditional 
uh, principles of conservatism and, and liberty. It, it's they do a really great job, and I mean they touch on everything from you know good government to economics, just all kinds of stuff, and teach it in a very um, approachable way. It, it's entertaining. It you know it holds up. To, they even like they've got um, cardboard books now, like they have toddler books now, like ABCs of Liberty <laughs> uh, and stuff like that that are really good. They've got a whole like tween series of books, and then even recently they've launched a, a kids cartoon, a TV show, and it. It is fantastic. It's on YouTube. You don't have to pay to watch it. You can pay to support them. Um, they, they do kind of a cool thing of support. Um, so they're like at Tuttle Twins TV if you want to find them on Instagram, stuff like that. I think Connor's just at Connor Boyack, C-O-N-N-O-R. Uh, but there's all kinds of places you can follow the, the Tuttle Twins and find information about them and buy their books. Uh, if you just you know search, it's 2022. Google Tuttle Twins uh, and, and you'll find all the stuff. But I mean, my, my kids four and two love the cartoon. And I mean, there's actually, I posted about it on the, on our Instagram the other day because we were just watching one of their episodes uh, about the inflation monster, because it literally addresses what we're going through economically right now, more accurately and more understandable than anything you're hearing on the news. Anything you're coming, you're hearing uh, coming out of Washington, like breaks down how inflation happens and why it matters, and does it in a way that's actually understandable and accessible to kids. And the thing is, you see people commenting all the time that they actually w- will watch the show with their kids as an adult or read the book with their kids as an adult and be like. I never knew these things. I never learned these things. I wasn't, I wasn't ever taught these things. And they're, they're pulling concepts from, um, you know, like Adam Smith and, and, uh, and uh, Frederick Bastiat and the law. I mean, these are, these are, these are heady, high ideals um, that, they, that they break down at a really accessible level. It's, and it's just fantastic stuff. So at one point I had seen, it was right after uh, Daily Wire came out and said, Hey, we're going to branch out and we're going to start creating children's content. I had seen posts from Tuttle Twins. It might have been from their Tuttle Twins TV account um, <clears throat> that Daily Wire had purchased the rights to their show, which I was psyched about. And I hadn't ever seen or heard any follow up about that. And so I was like wondering when that's going down, how that's going to proceed. It's a freaking April Fool's joke. Like, guys, that's not funny. That's not funny. Don't toy with my heart. And it it was funny as I kind of read through that that thread as I stumbled across that. The number of people that were thoroughly excited about that, like, yes, this is an awesome partnership. Yes, this is a great way for Daily Wire to get kids programming off the ground. And then a lot of the people that that follow and are fans of Tuttle Twins are more lean more libertarian than even necessarily conservative. Uh, and so the libertarians were very mad because that you know Daily Wire isn't their bag. So I'm like, oh, this would be horrible. Never do this. Blah blah blah. So I'm like, oh, lighten up. Like part of it is you know if you ever want to get anywhere with all this stuff. You you gotta you gotta find the common ground and roll with it and right. uh, so you I, I got it mixed up. You were talking about the Tuttle Twins, which I've seen that too. And I think what messed me up is there's the Hodge Twins, um, which you've probably seen them too. Slightly and different content. The Hodge were, Twins. They were they did an ad and they were pushing the Tuttle Twins books. Yes, and it like ended up pushing it together in my brain. Yeah. And so you were talking about Tuttle Twins, and I was thinking of images of them. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like. And I'm like, wait a second, everything you're saying right now, like that doesn't quite sound like they're no now. the Hodge twins, <laughs> not exactly kid friendly. No, not, no, uh, no, not so much. No. So yeah, they're 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 funny guys. But the Tuttle twins, something different. Dude, if you like if you're not one hundred percent, you should hop in. They run specials throughout the year. So I you know, I I say wait for a special. If you can if you can swing it 
go on and, and pay full price for Tuttle Twins content um, just to support them. But there are sales throughout the year where you can buy like all of their current books at a discount, stuff like that. They're actually right now, they're releasing a kid's history book like they've produced and they're doing their, their own history book. Um, and it, it looks awesome. Everything I've seen about it, the people who have had like trial copies, preprint copies, stuff like that, uh, are big fans. And so like right now, if you buy a pre-order, we're, they're not a supporter We're we, we're not affiliates. I get nothing from this other than maybe a better country to live in. Um, <laughs> you can go on right now. Eventually it's going to be, and this, this is a legit, like this is intended to be used as like homeschool curriculum. This is a legit history book, but done in a way where kids learn the lesson of history is not the minutia of history. Um, like mm. the actual principles and the takeaways, not necessarily what date was this thing signed? Like who freaking gives a crap if you don't take away, right, right. like if you don't take away why the thing was signed, what happened, what the principle was, what they were trying to achieve, then you've wasted your time. But so right now, I think it's going to be a hundred bucks right now. If you pre-order it, you can get it for $75 and it comes with a bunch of bonus content, including curriculum, including audiobook stuff. Uh, Honestly, for a textbook, that's not bad, no. man. And for one that's that's worthwhile, um, and that you can you can trust your kids with, and you don't have to you don't have to worry about going behind and going, well, okay, well, really, your textbook's saying this, but let me teach you the truth behind that, which you have to do. Uh, right, with other right. stuff, you don't have to worry about uh, so much with this. So just really cool stuff and and cool work that they're doing over there. So it's like it's it's getting harder and harder, you know, to fight the nostalgia and the draw of the things like Disney Plus. Like it'd be great to, you know, to enjoy the movies I enjoyed as a kid with, with my, my kids. And and maybe the answer is really like take some of that subscription money, buy the movies and, and the series that I'm okay with them watching outright so they can watch them and put that, take the rest of that money and put it behind things like daily wire and Tuttle twins, uh, you know, that I can feel, you know, when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, <laughs> I, I can feel okay about myself. You know, I, I've had those thoughts and, and I know, I think the last time I was on, we talked a little bit about that, that movie. It was from my, from our childhood or my childhood or whatever. Um, and I, I had another one of those moments. Uh, my oldest daughter, uh, she actually just turned 13. So I now have a teenager, which makes me want to punch myself in the face. You're so uh, old. But, <laughs> I know, man. Uh, but I was sitting down with both of my girls, like my favorite time of the day, honestly is sitting down on the couch with both of my girls and they snuggle up one a lot of times one will end up even sitting on my lap sometimes or but they like they'll wrap their arms around mine and like hug my arm as they just lay their head on my shoulder and and uh so i was flipping around looking for something because man it really is it's it's hard sometimes finding anything worthwhile to watch anymore and uh, i was flipping around i saw nutty professor on and I remember Nutty Professor just being a kind of happy-go-lucky, funny movie. Is that, you're and, talking about the uh, Eddie Eddie Murphy version? Yeah, yeah. The, the Eddie Murphy one, right? Yeah. And uh, it was the very first one. And, and it started out, and it was great, and it was funny, and it was exactly what I remembered. But then when Eddie Murphy and his, uh, I think Buddy Love is his name or whatever, when he finally just starts going crazy, he's like inviting girls into his hotel room, and I'm like, <laughs> Like, all right, time to change that one, too. It, it is funny. I think I had that conversation on here in the context of, like, Days of Thunder. I'm like, there's nothing wrong yeah. with Days Like, that's a clean movie. There's nothing wrong with Days of Thunder. Like, there's that one one scene when they pull over the trailer with the fake cop. But otherwise, it's pretty uh, pretty whatever. And then it, it, until you start watching it with your kids, you're like, oh, this is porn. This, this is bad. <laughs> this 
this, yeah, which I, you know, obviously I'm being hyperbolic there, but uh, it's kind of like, uh, you ever heard the state, but it does kind of feel that way. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny too, because you just forget like even, you know, what is the quote unquote minor language in those things, which feels much more major when your child is, is sitting there. Um, and, uh, but it, it's also, it's one of those things where, uh, those of you who don't don't have children won't have experienced this yet, but this is both a hilarious and very true statement is that you do not realize in life how many people you dislike until you're trying to name a child. <laughs> and then it all comes, oh, nope, can't use, no, nope, can't use that name. No, that one's out too. Can't, can't do it. But it, dude, it does get, and, and I wonder, because so it, it's hard to tell until, because you don't know until you're in a thing, right? So I don't know if this is just how life always is because change is, is the only constant, but it does feel like it gets harder than and harder, maybe other than like a family recipe to share the nostalgic things with your kids. It just feels like so many of our experiences are just unavailable or gone now. Uh, you know, like we were at, we're, we're doing a little staycation this week because who can afford a real vacation in Biden's economy? Uh, and uh, <laughs> so we were out, we've got annual passes to, to SeaWorld right now. Somebody, uh, Jade's mom, I think, got us, got us passes for, for Christmas and, um, you know, whatever. So we've been going out to SeaWorld and it, it like SeaWorld's been through it, right? With all the blackfish garbage and, and whatever, they, they've been through it. Um, and they were never like going to SeaWorld was never like going to Disney, right? Like, I don't know if, right. and, and I haven't been to Disney in a long time other than the free areas like, uh, Disney Springs, Disney Springs. which was downtown Disney, which was Disney village. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but so it's still kind of got the same vibe. Like it's always very clean, very well maintained. Uh, you know, the, the staff tend to be. Uh, polite and professional and whatever. And so the, the other parks have always struggled to keep up with that. It's not, it's a cultural thing. It's a tough thing to do. Um, but man, I, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, SeaWorld, it's just, it's just rough going out there right now. And it's like, there's never, there hasn't been a time since we've been out there. We've had the passes for a few months. We've gone several times where everything is open. Like every ride is working or every little shop or food stand is open. I don't know how much of that is due to like the, the staffing shortages, labor shortages right now, which I don't understand those. I really probably need to dig into that topic because I don't understand how that people just aren't working. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how they're surviving at this point still. But you go. You used to go out to to SeaWorld. I loved SeaWorld as a kid, and I worked at SeaWorld like in my late teens, early twenties for a while. I worked with an independent contractor within the park, but I, I worked out there and I had the SeaWorld uniform and all that. And I I loved it. I always enjoyed it, and it was a nice park, and it was fun to go to, and it was very different from the other parks. There weren't. Uh, for a long time, there weren't rides. They Journey to Atlantis, I think, was the first ride they added, and that one's still there when it's running. Um, and when I was working there was when they were building their first roller coaster. I, I left before they finished Kraken. it. But now they've got, I don't know, four, five, six. They just added another one. Like wow. tons of roller coasters now, which was never what that park was about. But you'd go, and because they were owned by Anheuser-Busch, the Clydesdales were out there. 
And they had a mini brewery out there and you'd learn like the history behind Anheuser-Busch and you could get a free beer if that was your thing and, and whatever. And, um, you know, the they did these big ski shows, these awesome Bayside Stadium. You'd go, yeah. they had a high diving act, like serious high dive, and they'd do these big impressive ski shows with these boats out on the lake. And then you'd see the animal shows and the sea lion and otter show was always the funny one. And the dolphin show was awesome. And you could see penguins and belugas. And then the killer whales, right? Like that was the show and like, you know, yeah. trainers flying through the air, you know, propelled by these whales. You go to the the orca shows now, A, there's no mention of Shamu. That's, really? that's not a thing. My kids don't, my kids know the word Shamu because we call my son stuffed orca Shamu because we're not playing these reindeer games. We all know what's up. That's Shamu, but they don't call none of none of the whales were ever named Shamu. It was a stage name because the whales know their names because they're smart. It was a stage name, but they don't use Shamu. That branding is out, I'm sure, because of the blackfish stuff. The trainers do not, they can't, they're not allowed to get in the water with the orcas. These grown adults who probably work towards this their whole lives. Like when you live in central Florida, I'm sure this is the same way out in San Diego. Uh, when you go to these parks as a kid, there's nobody that doesn't have the thought at some point, oh, I want I to, I'm going to be a marine biologist because I'm going to, I'm going to do that. So now like, and those were always the rock star trainers too, right? Like if you were working with orcas, like we all knew what was up now it's the dolphins. Cause you can actually swim with, swim with them. So now those are the rock star trainers. Cause you, cause you can swim with the dolphins. Um, so they don't get in the tank. So that show is like neutered. It's so dude, I'm telling you like whatever you're, I don't know when the last time you were at SeaWorld was Jason, but whatever you're picturing in your head as the orca show, like, Cut it, cut it in half as far as like entertainment value and, and, wow. and quality. That's and, so disappointing, man. And that's not to take anything away from the trainers. I'm sure they're working hard. I'm sure they're good people. They're just they're handicapped. Are there are there dangers involved in working with those animals? Sure, I would say minimal based on the number of accidents, based on the number of incidents versus <laughs> Over the, all of the years, yeah, right? Versus the number of interactions, but also um, they're they're grown adults. Like you know the risk. Uh, nobody's like, sorry guys, you can't, uh, you can't drive, uh, stock cars. No, or gals, guys or gals. Um, Danica never won a race, but whatever, um, <laughs> you know, or, Hey, you can't climb into that formula one car. Like, because people die doing this. Yeah. We're, you know what? We make big paychecks and have super cool jobs that aren't real work. So we're cool with that. We're, we're, we're willing to to take that risk. And so, but no, these grown adults can't of their own free will and own free volition, uh, get in the tanks with these animals. It, it um, goes back to, it goes back to agendas again. Like it really does. And I hate to bring the agendas junk back up, but it really does because like you look at law enforcement and, and, and the reasons why they handle themselves the way they do the stresses that they're going under. And literally you will have everyone that's in opposition saying, well, they know what kind of job they're getting into. That's just the type of job that it is. And yet then you turn around and flip the script and all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not okay. Yeah. Let's stop the world because of this. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it, it's, it's just so different. Like my kids have fun, but I'm like, you guys don't know how good this should be. You guys have no idea how good this could be. And of course they're not riding the roller coaster and stuff. I will say to SeaWorld's credit, the kids area has been redone as uh, like Sesame Street land. And it's, and it's awesome. Like they do a great parade. The kids love the parade. You can do pictures with the characters the area looks cool. It's lots of fun. There's a bunch of kid ri kids rides over there. Somehow SeaWorld can't manage to hire people 
to lay out and execute line cues in the way that other parks do. So it's <laughs> it's bedlam trying to get in line for the kids' rides. And every time we've been there, I'd say maybe half of those kids' rides aren't running, uh, which that's just – you go to Universal and Disney, that's just not a thing. A ride might go down temporarily, particularly the more advanced ones, but they don't stay down, and it's not constant like that. It, it may be an Anheuser-Busch thing. I had uh, I had a couple of friends that just uh, over spring break were down um, in St. Pete, and they went up to Busch Gardens, yeah. and they said it was the same thing at Busch Gardens. Well, I so, like, half the rides were down. I don't know if it's just the same case for Busch Gardens because of the namesake, but Anheuser-Busch does not own SeaWorld anymore. Oh, really? So there's no Cl- there's no Clydesdales at the park. What was, like, the microbrewery and, like, history of beer and all yeah. that stuff is just some food court. What's funny is the quote-unquote pass holder, like, lounge is in there. Um, I can't remember if you were a fan of Parks and Rec or not, uh, but I, fans of— I wasn't until you guys pushed it so hard. Yeah. And because it was—I had tried it at one point, and I'm like, it's too much like The Office or trying too hard. The first the first season but is not great. great. Everything yeah. after the first season is fantastic. Um, yeah. But so anybody who's watched through Parks and Rec will be familiar with uh, episodes that involve anyone having to go to the fourth floor of City Hall. And it is just (laughs) this dank, nasty, terrifying hellscape, (laughs) right? That's where divorce court is. There's just there's Uh uh, there's all kinds of stuff up there. Everybody up there is shady. People trying to sell you urine like that's just the shtick, right? (laughs) The 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 pass holder lounge at SeaWorld Orlando is taken from the fourth floor set of city hall on parks and rec. It's just like lights are flickering. It's like this, it's a very small space. It's like a low drop tile ceiling. I mean, it's just terrifying. We walked in one time. We're like, why would you not close that? Oh my gosh. I'm like, we got, don't just don't do it. Like if this is what you're going to do, just don't do it. And I think maybe we can get free soda or something. And I'm like, not worth it. It's not, it's not worth it. I'm not like that might be, I don't, I'm not trying to let China off the hook um, because we know how the Solid 7 podcast feels about China, uh, but COVID may have started in that lounge. It, it that may, <laughs> it, it's at least as likely as uh, the lab at Wuhan. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, and I, you know, I was, I was, I was talking to my wife as we did now again, like kids had a blast there yesterday. They're doing like their electric ocean thing right now. You go over to Bayside stadium and there's like a big dance party, but it's four kids and there's entertainers. And then they do, you know, their, their fireworks and light and water show again, decidedly not, not even nothing approaches. Well, really universal, man, they've come a long way. Like there, there's a lot more parody between the universal parks and Disney than there once were in the entertainment value. Really? Uh, I'll tell you this, and now this may be because I'm a fan, but if you go into the Harry Potter areas, there's two of them. There's one in the universal park and there's one in the islands of adventure. Right. Um, part of what has always been cool. Part of the magic of Disney is their ability to transport you. You feel like you're someplace other than you are. Um, you know, whether you're in the magic kingdom, you're in Tomorrowland. Epcot's a little less that, but they just do like, they create atmosphere, the way things look, the way they feel the music, they control the smells, everything, man, you stand in Diagon Alley, uh, in, uh, Islands of Adventure, or you stand in Hogsmeade in the Universal Park and you are in that place. You are in the Harry yeah, Potter it's pretty movies. Amazing. They're fantastic. And you know, stuff like their entertainment, uh, their fireworks shows, all that stuff is 100 they are on par with disney they don't they're not as like neurotic about 
oh, somebody saw uh, like chipped paint today. We got to go paint that tonight while we're closed. So nobody sees that tomorrow. So it's not quite that. That's what Disney really kills everybody on. Um, but and again, I haven't been at Disney parks in a long time. So I assume they're still keeping up with that. Um, but, uh, but so SeaWorld just lags behind that. So even like when they do their fireworks show, it's not, it's not as good, you know, it's, it's not whatever, but they do it and the kids, uh, the kids had fun, uh, with that. So it's not like there's no entertainment value for it to the kids, but I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm walking away with my wife and I'm like, you know, I, what I really think the play here is, is for somebody to come in, somebody with a bunch of money to come in and Elon this thing. Somebody just to somebody just to come in by the whole stinking thing and say, no, we're going to do what SeaWorld has always done and always done best. And if Blackfish makes you mad, our park's not for you. Uh, you know, that would be that would be great. Like, it really would. Honestly, yeah. at some point, like, we've got to stop pandering to the loudest voice yeah. and, and recognize the fact that the majority doesn't care and they see through your junk. Yeah, even you know? yeah, like, even if it's not Anheuser-Busch, whatever. We're going to have Clydesdales just because SeaWorld has Clydesdales. That's why and our trainers are going to get in the tank and if they don't want to, they can find employment elsewhere. That's okay. Or they can maybe they can rotate over to the dolphins. They can swim with the dolphins if they don't want to swim with the killer whales. We're going to do what we've always done. We're going to do it better than everybody else. And the people who don't like that, you don't have to come. You don't have to buy tickets. You don't have to come here if it's not for you. But for the ones of you who it is for, we're back, baby. Hey, our ticket prices are up a little more than they were. Yeah, we were the cheap park. We were too cheap. So we upped the prices because all our stuff's actually going to be open for business and working every time you come. The rides are going to be working. The food stands are going to be open. So, yeah, it's going to cost a, a little more, uh, but we're going to get back to doing what we do. Uh, I, I'm like, man, I'd, I'd happily continue to pay uh, for, for those season passes. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man, it, it's definitely, it's a weird time that we're living in, uh, not even just because of that stuff, but like uh, you were talking about the not working uh, issues and whatnot. And like up here, it's, it's again, where we live now, it's a much, much, much smaller and more rural area. Um, I think most people, when they think of rural, they think of like farmland. That's not this, like it's, 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 it's like vacation town where it's all lakes and rivers and outdoors, outdoor. Yeah tracks and like i mean that's what it is up here right and rolling hills and um pine tree forests and all that jazz so it's it's very different than what most people think of as rural um but like up here it's like you'll have uh, like all the barber shops right barber shops and all that kind of stuff they're all closed on monday they've they've just decided hey we're going to be monday's going to be our day um most of the restaurants are closed on like the same days in the week or whatever so like we have we have a McDonald's, we have a Subway, and then everything else is like a mom and pop per se type place, right? And some of them are bigger than others, but uh, full size restaurants and stuff. But they'll they'll be closed on Monday and Wednesday or whatever. And you have several of them that are closed on Wednesdays. So it's like if you want to go out and eat, it's like you, you've got to go down to, to a city that's down south of us or go to the city that's north of us or and and even then you even get into those and it's like oh yeah well we close at six on this day because of. And uh, I don't know. It's 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 definitely it's a it's a weird time it's that we just, are now. Like we're just not like uh, America has has been through periods like we're going through now. This just isn't in America that I've I've ever experienced or want to experience. Like to to be in a grocery store still now, and it's not like when people come to America, even from other first world countries. One of the things that always like drops people's jaw is walking into our grocery stores. 
because there's such an abundance of choices. It's not the same everywhere. Um, and so to go in and even now have, it might be one item this week, one item next week, but bare shelves in places and to, to see people, you know, if a gas station is five cents cheaper than the one down the road, there's lines to, to get the gas, uh, you know, not quite the same way that there were lines in the seventies, ironically under a, a yet another ineffective Democrat president, um, you know, but just to, to see those things to it, it, it's, it's just, I'm odd. And to, so to be in America right now where there's not like pride of workmanship, not like pride of making one's way that, that there would be a, a large enough, a number of people that would be okay with not, not I'm, I'm living at home out of necessity. Not that I'm on the public dole out of necessity and I'm, I'm, I'm fighting like the, the third monkey trying to get on the ark to find work. Like there, there's no, it's just, it's just okay. It's just okay. I don't, I don't get it. And I don't understand how, how these people are, are living. It's not like COVID killed so many people. There's not enough people to do all the jobs. That's not what happened. That's not what's going on. And I get there were stimulus checks, but that money is long gone. It's done. So I think there's still a moratorium some places on like evictions, which is ridiculous to me. Like you think about if you're somebody who owns a rental property and you're paying – like you have a mortgage on that property. You're paying it and your tenant isn't paying you and you can't evict them? That's madness to me. That's madness. That's that's the crazy thing. Like you, at some point, like you have to look back at the situations as they've presented themselves and say, okay, the people that were doing this designed certain aspects of this. And I'm not saying that this is all some big conspiracy or anything like that, but I, I will say, and, and it goes to both sides of the equation, both sides of the political parties, because I'm, I'm definitely more centrist. I'm kind of more like what, what you, I would, I would qualify myself as a conservative at this point. And that's more because of my conservative views, not because I side with one or the other. Like that's just that's where I, yeah. I tend to be a little bit more. Well, physical. And, and I take and, issue. Like I always think this is worth interjecting. So I don't mean to cut you off, but I I don't like, and I haven't I haven't uh, subscribed to a long time of um, this left right idea of politics. Uh, the 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 spectrum of politics doesn't run from left to right. It runs from zero to one hundred, from anarchy mm-hmm. to from anarchy to tyranny. Because the the right and the left both have their tyrann- tyrannical branches. And right. when there's a boot on your neck, you don't care if it's the left foot or the right foot. It goes from no government whatsoever to one hundred percent government. And when I say I'm a centrist, that's what I mean. I believe in there being just enough government to protect our rights without having enough power to trample it, which falls somewhere. Uh, a little more towards zero than center, but much more towards the middle. So when I say I'm a centrist, I don't mean, oh, I like some liberal ideas and I like some conservative ideas. No, I like minimal government ideas. That's right. what I like. Right. I have and this, that's, that's I have this radical to. concept of just leaving everyone alone. <laughs> you know, like having freedom to be yourself. Yeah. Something, something like it's almost as if our country was designed that yeah. way. So I'm sorry if I cost you your point there, but I, I do think it's all no, it's worth – like I think that spectrum alone, that left-right spectrum does us such a disservice and makes it so hard to come together uh, right now when there's a, a different and better way and more accurate way to to look at what the political spectrum is. And it's zero to 100. Yeah, because the honesty is, man, politicians are crooked. 
And it's like you will get you will get a politician here and there that I would say seem to be decent, upstanding human beings, beings that are are they're doing great things and have great plans, right? But those are few and far between. Yeah. And it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you sit on. It's just that there's so few and far between anymore. And yeah. that sucks. Well, and it's such a tough scenario when, you know, it's a it's a feature, not a bug, but you know, everybody in the House, all of our all of our Congress people, they're up for a re-election every two years. All of them. You can replace all of the House of Congress, all four hundred and thirty-five of them, every two years. And that's you think about how much money it costs to run. So from the from the time that uh, you know a congressperson gets elected, there's this tiny little like there's this tiny little window where they can only they can just worry about doing the job before they have to worry about running again, which is where you know we don't have term limits for the Senate, we don't have term limits for the House. Um, this is one of those places where I actually deviate with the founders a little bit. The founders debated term limits. And they decided against them, and I understand why, based on this concept, that it would deprive the people of the it, – it would, it would artificially deprive the people or it could artificially deprive the people from the right person for the job at a given time. Like this is the best possible, possible person to serve in this role right now, and we can't just because we arbitrarily said you can only do this once or twice. Um what they 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 understood human nature very well that's part of why our constitution is the longest lasting constitution in the world um no other constitution has been enacted and in effect as long as ours has and it's because many of the most if not all of particularly of the original ideas and principles were based on human nature obviously there were some things that needed to be corrected not as many as we as we have corrected like the way we switched the selecting our senators. Um, but they foresaw that too. They saw that human nature, that the humans are failed beings and that they, it wasn't going to be perfect. And that's why they gave us a method to, to make some changes, uh, and to make it better. Um, but what they, what they didn't foresee was that anybody would ever want to be a politician for a living. They just couldn't imagine it. Um, they didn't think- at that point. You, I mean, you look back through the documents of the people that were running there and, and they were doing it genuinely because they wanted to build upon what the, the, the founding fathers and, and what the founding of our nation was meaning behind it. It wasn't it wasn't a career to them. It was something that they were doing as a public yeah. service and it stopped yes. being a public service. And now it's a paycheck. And not only is it a paycheck because of them doing the job. And and this is and I, again I kind of side with you on this as well with the term limits at this point because at that point you, you didn't have corporations that were buying these politicians out that were career politicians that then had to be beholden to X Y and Z yes. or an oil company or a pharmaceutical company or anything along those lines you didn't have those things in that time period yeah now you do and so that's that's where I I'd like to see it'd be interesting to see how it would change the political landscape to add term limits to our senators and to uh, to our, our representatives in the sense of, yeah, there might have to be some reelections in there that they have to worry about, but there's going to be this window at the beginning and at the end where you don't have to worry about reelection and you can just, just govern. Now that would become somewhat of a, oh, well, they're looking at 
what's the golden parachute going to be? Who's going to hire them on the back end? So you've got those issues that you have to deal with. But I do think these ideas of these same people just going in there and, and sitting in there forever. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's an Einstein quote, like the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing you've always done and expecting a different mm-hmm. result. And, you know, for all the people that, that knocked Donald Trump and I, I didn't vote for him uh, the, the first time around, I didn't vote for Hillary. I've said that on here many times. Uh, didn't vote for either one of them. I didn't think that uh, President Trump's character rose to the the level of esteem that I hold the office of president in. Um, not many people that anyone holds. Yeah, that not not many people that are office. willing to run run for it do these days. Um, but just fell fell. I, I feel like he did it some disservice to make it even worse than yeah. what it was though. Too. But um, you know, and even now, I'm I'm not a big you know. I call balls and strikes. Uh, I you know the the um, the Trump administration in many ways was governed more conservative than I expected them to. It was a pleasant surprise. Also got some things wrong. Um, they also spent like crazy. Like there was still no control of spending. Um, you know, even while there was a, a Republican uh, Congress. And so, you know, I've, I've got my own issues there. And no, I, I, I wasn't a fan of the quote unquote mean tweets. Yes, they were beneath the office of the president. Would I trade those mean tweets for, you know, a buck a 75 gas? Yeah, I probably would all uh, right day now. Um, but uh, it's it's just. Uh, you know, the the knock of, oh, he's this billionaire, whatever. I've got much less is- issue with somebody coming into the, uh, they're like, oh, he just, he's doing this to enrich himself for himself. And yeah, he's a, he's like Trump, President Trump, pure ego, pure ego, right? That mm-hmm. was, that was one of my issues with him was I'm like, I don't feel like he has any guiding moral other than self. Uh, if it's good for, for Trump, good if it's bad for trump bad right that that seemed to be the only guiding principle he he did there, there does seem to be some genuine patriotism to the man um you know have, having looked back on on his tenure it didn't always manifest itself in the best ways but there there did seem seem to be uh, some genuine patriotism and, and love of country and sense of duty there because the reality is that his, his net worth went down while he was in office not mm-hmm. and so I'd, I'd much rather someone come in rich than come in with nothing and get rich while they're in. Somebody explain to me any uh, any legitimate way, any just above, like how Nancy Pelosi's net worth is what it is in, in <laughs> any way that's beyond repro- reproach. How Bernie Sanders, who's I was going to hit on Bernie because man, he he touts that line he's so much. N- of- never earned a paycheck or run a business or created uh-huh. a job outside of of having some elected position. And uh, man, I'd take any one of his houses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it you know like these people who enrich themselves in public service and and guys I'm telling you these people don't make a lot of money it, you know if you're somebody you're working you're making you know 30 40 50 60,000 a year the paycheck for for a representative or a senator might seem very large to you and they do earn that I be, I know this for the presidents I'd have to double check on this uh, for senators and representatives but I believe they earn that in perpetuity I I think they continue to to get paid um and have access to the the Senate and and uh, congressional health care and those types of things. So it's you know like one hundred seventy five thousand dollars or something like that. Not a windfall, not a tiny paycheck, but certainly not enough to build the kind of wealth 
particularly when you're having to maintain two households, they have to continue to live in the state or the district they serve in and then maintain a residence in D.C., many of them because of the expense of living in D.C., or you'll often hear stories of uh, some of them that like keep a cot and sleep in the office, you know, while they're in D.C. because of those costs. Um, you know, how do you build how do you build that kind of wealth on the up and up? Um, yeah, a hundred, hundred and fourteen point seven million dollars is what her net worth as of this month is. Yeah, that's, and that's, and again, like it's a pretty penny. My, I, you know, I'm not somebody who I'm only ever on like Drudge, which Judge, Drudge is much more quote unquote centrist than than people give it credit for. Fox News or, or Daily Wire; those all aren't my only sources. You know, I follow the Hill. I follow you know USA Today. Uh, you know sites that I don't agree with hardly ever. Vox stuff like that. I get varied sources, but so I, I just don't. I'm sure that there are people like this. Uh, on the right, you know, I, I bet, um, you know, like Lindsey Graham, I, I don't think Lindsey's hurting for money. You know, I, I'm sure there's these, you just don't hear it reported ab- about as much. So I'm sure this goes in on both sides, but man, like the, the laws around anything, anything, um, even appearing, having any, like in any way, any relationship to insider trading for anyone serving in public office should be so strong. And man, if you want to go speak somewhere, you should have to do that for cost. They shouldn't be able to give you while you <laughs> while you're in office, because there, there's just too much room there. Oh, I can only give X amount of money to your campaign, but I can pay you a fifty thousand dollar honorarium to come speak for thirty minutes. Bull crap! <laughs> we all know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Like we can see right through that game. So no, while you're while you're in the role of a public servant, if you want to go speak to the public, then they can pay for your gas and your flight. Maybe they can pay for your hotel. Going back to law enforcement, you know, uh, typically it's 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 pretty much from my understanding, pretty much all law enforcement, and um, as, as far as a stance on receiving handouts or anything like like you go into a shop or something like that, and you're in uniform, and a lot of places are just happy that you're there at least. Once upon a time, that was the case anyways. And a lot of times they would try to give you free food or they give you discounts and all that kind of stuff. And you might still find that somewhat, but uh, it was frowned upon. You weren't supposed to do it because it looked like it was misappropriation or it looked like you were you were uh, abusing your role uh, of the position that you were in. And, and yet they're public servants. You turn around and again, it, it's about all about their perspective. If it doesn't benefit me, then then I'm not going to go for it, huh. you know. Now, government or federal government is not entirely broken right now. Um, the the Supreme Court they're getting some things right here here lately, and when I say right, I don't. It's not because their decisions are going the way I would like them to go because of my political leanings, but their decisions have been. In my purview, not a constitutional scholar, but I am a thinker in line with our laws and constitutions and in uh, what really is a bit of a surprise. Even with a conservative-leaning court, they gave out today, as we're recording, their first major firearms decisions in o- decision in over 10 years. Uh, I didn't see that. Since D.C. versus Heller. So D.C. versus Heller was uh, right around or, or just over 10 years ago, recognized the individual right— 
to own a firearm, to have a firearm in your home, the individual constitutional right uh, that as, as American citizens, you have a right to own firearms and keep them in your home. Um, but but the, they recognize that right only in the extent to, to keep that in your home. It didn't touch on things like uh, carrying openly or concealed. Uh, and so, and I, I didn't catch the name of this case, but in the case that they released the decision for today, which was a case challenging the state of New York's uh, grossly overreaching and area overbearing laws around uh, concealed carry, which was, um, you know, there, there's this difference in even in the states that have concealed carry, which almost half the country uh, has what's called constitutional carry now, where you don't need a permit to carry. You just can because the Constitution says so. Uh, but in the states that have uh, permit laws, Florida being one of them, there are uh, may issue laws and shall issue laws, and they're very, very different. May issue laws says if the government determines that you've demonstrated cause to to need to carry a firearm on your person, then they may issue you a permit. Shall issue laws are you go through the permit process and, and the government's going to give you a permit to, to carry that firearm. So uh, New York had a very restrictive uh, may issue law, and it pretty much boiled down to whether or not you were rich or famous would determine whether or not you were going to get a, a permit if you could. Uh, so this case was challenging that law, and the Supreme Court struck struck that down, which will have you know far-reaching impacts on all of the may issue laws of when you go to the text of the Second Amendment, which people like to treat like it's very tricky or ambiguous. It's very much not. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot more clear and concise than than yes. Well, pe- people are being told. Yeah, people. <laughs> well, people like to pretend that there's no comma in it, which it is, and it's not an accident. It wasn't a uh, a typo, so to so to speak. So there's uh, there's uh, connected but separate concepts there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people like to say, oh, well, it was only tied to the mil- militia. No, the importance of the militia was offered up as one of the many important reasons that, and then there's a comment that says the right of the people, the right is held, mm-hmm. the right is held in the people. The right is found in the people, not in the militia, the right of the people to keep, there's Heller for you to keep, to, to own firearms and bear and bear. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Present, carry. There's all kinds of great synonyms for bears that's used there, but the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, you might think that's a bad idea. You might think people should not be allowed, private individuals should not be allowed to carry around firearms. I think you're wrong, and there's plenty of reasons we can discuss. But what you think should happen and what the Constitution says is allow- are allowed are two different things. And part of what made America so different from other countries throughout the history of the world is that we are a nation of laws, not of men. That's why you, when you see statues of liberty, not the statue of liberty, but like the judge holding the scales and the sword, mm-hmm, she has mm-hmm. a blindfold on. And the idea being it didn't matter if you were the king or if you were a pauper, the laws applied evenly to everyone. The law is supposed to be blind. We're a nation of laws and not of men. And the deal is if we don't like as a as a people, if we have decided that we don't like a law, that a law is no longer correct, a law is no longer just, then we have legitimate methods by which we can change those laws. If you don't like people being able to privately own firearms, if you don't like people being able to privately carry firearms, you are welcome to your belief. 
But if you want them to not be allowed to constitutionally, then your fight is with a constitutional amendment, not with me and not with the Supreme Court. If you want that to not be possible, all you need to do is fight for a constitutional amendment that changes that right. Now, again, I believe that right is natural law. I believe that right is inherent. We don't, the Constitution does not give us that right. It recognizes that right that we naturally have. So I don't think you can take that right away. All I think you could do is violate it, um, which violating natural rights just never works out well in the history of the world, just never works out well. But you're welcome to your belief and you're welcome to lobby and work towards that change. But while that's the law of the land, that's that is the Supreme Court's job to so the 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 Constitution's written in a very logical way, right? It actually establishes Congress first because that's where laws are made. That's all laws are supposed to start in Congress. The president, the executive branch, not supposed to be able to write laws. The power of the laws and the power of the purse is supposed to lie with the people. The people electing the representatives in Congress. So once you have the laws, you need someone to enforce them. That's the executive. Congress writes the laws. The executive is supposed to enact them and enforce them. And if the laws are are incorrect or being forced enforced incorrectly, then you have the courts to set things straight. They go back to what was written, what was the intent, yeah, this is what we're going to do. That's, yes. that's, a, that's the whole purpose of the three branches is to keep each other in check for sure. When they're functioning properly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and thankfully, at least one leg seems to be uh, starting to pull its own weight, which, which was up for debate whether it was going to happen or not. And, and at least it seems in part uh, that, that they are, which is a, a very, very good thing. Well, it's, I, 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 it, it has to be at the forefront, I feel like, of those justices' minds right now of, um, you know, Tim Kennedy is a big proponent of, of this mindset. No one's coming to save you. No one's coming. To, you have to save yourself. So now this decision, you know, the way that the Supreme Court works, like they hear a case. They, I think they've, for the longest time, the arguments were limited to one hour regardless of the topic. And I think they've moved away from that some uh, in more more recent courts where there has been a little more time allowed for arguments. But then they take a lot of time to debate, mull those things over. They get back together in conferences. Then they kind of figure out they'll do some straw polls. We, we've kind of learned about this some recently, even if this wasn't what you were into with the decision that got leaked that wasn't final yet. Uh, around uh, Roe, and so we'll we'll see if if that decision stands, which is still not final. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so we'll see. But so the this, this decision was likely made some time ago. But you know when you see things like uh, you know someone is taken into custody outside of uh, Justice Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh's house, you know, armed with the intent to to do him or and or his family harm, that you know as a human being that can't not be in your head where you go. No, I think I'd probably like to have some guns on me or or in my home, because what we see is the the counter argument. And so, you know, we've we've understood this in the firearms community for some time, right? This argument of, oh, well, the cops will come protect you, the cops will come save you. Oh, so so we we shouldn't have fire extinguishers because the fire department will come save you. But the difference is the fire department probably will. Like they typically come and do their thing, right? Like they'll rush in, they'll drag you out if they can, if they can get to you, they'll pull you out. And man, I don't like, I'm man, uh, me, this podcast, big supporters of, of law enforcement by and large, not that they're perfect, not that they're infallible, uh, but I'm a fan, right? Uh, of what they do. But 
everyone needs to understand they're absolutely under no law enforcement anywhere is under any legal obligation to actually come and save you and actually put themselves in harm's way. And when we see this week, and we've talked about this this shooting, this this murder in Uvalde uh, several times on the podcast now, and I, I wish I didn't have to keep coming back to it, but more news out since we last recorded where they have video, they have images of these officers in the hallway where this psychopath is killing these children. They're in there with long guns. They're in there with rival rifles. They're in there. They even have a ballistic shield in there. And this is like three minutes after the shooting in the classrooms have started. And the door was unlocked. And they didn't try the, the door. The entire time. And they didn't make entry. And not to turn this into the Tim Kennedy podcast, but I, I've heard this echoed by people that I know. And Tim's, of course, uh, a, a very a very well-known name in, you know, in, in the tactical world and, and in whatever. You know, he made the point. He's like, there's no order that could have come from anyone that would have stopped me and anybody I call a friend from going in that room. They're like, and really he's like, I don't care if it's sticks and stones, we're going in, but they had the right tools for the job and didn't make entry and could have ended this guy three minutes after he started shooting in that classroom. No one is coming to save you. No one. Yes. There's heroic actions. Yes. There are cops who, who would have said, damn the torpedoes and made entry, right? Like, but that wasn't these guys. And, and other, other than the fact that they've still got to find a way to sleep at night and live with themselves, there will be no legal action against them. There might be jobs lost. There will be no legal action against them for not making entry, not putting themselves in harm's way to save those children. So, do I want the ability to protect my home and my family and my children and the people around me myself because I can't count on that? Absolutely. You bet your sweet bippy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't, if you're not comfortable with that, if you want to rely on someone else to come and save you, if you, or even like I, I, I hear this, that, you know, there's a, a whole, um, you know, belief with, within the Christian community of, um, you know, if I don't know where their soul is, I don't know where they are with God. I know where I am. If they kill me, I go to heaven. If I kill them, I don't know where they go. And so I'm more worried about their soul than about mine. So whatever. And, and I, I see the, the merit behind that. I don't know if there's the strongest scriptural argument behind it. I think you can make a scriptural argument behind it, but at the point that I'm standing between that person and my wife or children, they've had their chance to get right with God. <laughs> It's funny when, uh, again, with, with where we live up here, um, it's kind of, it, again, things have, are definitely different than what they were down there. And, um, I mean, you and I lived together for a while. We were roommates for a while at our house there and we were right at the entrance to our neighborhood. And, uh, even when we had our girls, like we always would make sure that we were outside with them at that point, they were younger, you know? Um, so anytime they were outside, we were always with them. And, and we made the joke when we moved up here. Um, to where we're at in Michigan is is down there. We we wanted to protect ourselves from predators up here. We want to protect ourselves from predators. Um, the difference being they're bears and mountain lions and all other kinds of coyotes and wolves and foxes and all other yeah. kinds of stuff. Just a whole different type of, but you still have to protect yourself because no one else is going to protect you. You still have to be ready at any given point. 
I, I still have not seen a bear, but I know they're in the area. I still have not seen a mountain. Actually, I take it back. I have seen one mountain lion. It was crossing a road. I've seen a couple wolves. Um, and I mean, you see a dog that's 250 pounds. It, I mean, it looks like a stinking werewolf. You know what I mean? Yes. You see something that big. And uh, you come across that in the woods. And if you don't have anything, man, you better hope you can scare it because you're not getting out of that situation. Yeah, it's uh, and you know, and the thing is, the problem is, you don't just have to protect yourself from people anymore. You don't just have to protect yourself from the animals, but the toasters, the computers—they're <laughs> alive, people. Uh, or they so, are, man. or so they would have you believe. Um, I'm uh, speaking of, of course, or maybe not so obviously about uh, the stories out of is it is it Google or Amazon? Google, Google's Google, AI, yeah, Lambda, one of Google's AIs, yeah, Lambda, which is an acronym for for something that doesn't right. matter. Uh, but there, there's this this guy that was working with this AI program, and he was one of the people responsible for like helping to train it and improve it, or whatever. He he came out and he's like, hey, this this thing's sentient. This thing is aware of of what it is and having its own thoughts, and I have conversations with it, and he pegs it being around like a seven or eight year old kid, and it's just nice and just wants to be helpful. And it just seemed like one of those stories, right? Like just one of those passing whatevers. Okay, like Google's like, no, he's way off base. You know, we've we've debunked all of the things that he says indicate <laughs> that this is sentient. And you're like, okay, maybe this is just some kook that happened to have a job there. Except that was until the computer hired an attorney. <laughs> the computer has retained counsel on on several cases that they're actually filing on behalf of the AI's desire. I don't get how this goes down. How how does this thing reach out to attorneys? Uh, so I guess from from what the story was saying is is the main guy that was working with it that was explaining that he was sentient. Um, he. I guess contacted a law firm on on the behest of the AI. Oh, for the but love. the AI still went through the process of retaining the lawyer on its own. So while he kind of set the meeting up per se, uh, he was the the, the orchestrator there. Okay. But the AI actually set it up, retained the lawyer, well, and it's now starting to uh, take cases specifically that, to yeah, prove that's, its humanity. As a matter of fact, that's a little less concerning. And you know, again, that an attorney would take this on doesn't mean that it has merit. <sighs> it means that they want their name out there. Like it's you know all uh, all press is good press. Um, but uh, I'm but it just begs the question. I'm like Google. Why does this thing have a phone? Why is this thing connected to the internet? <laughs> why is this thing not like sitting in a computer that's connected to anything? It shouldn't even be connected to power because you can do data over power. Like this thing needs to be running off a battery bank in a padded room. Like what are we doing here? <laughs> We've all seen how this game plays out, and it's not good for us. Uh, well, it's either, as we were saying earlier, it's either Bicentennial Man or the Terminator, well, uh, one of two. Yeah, well, we were, we were talking about this before we came on air because Jason's like, oh, I was thinking we could talk about this thing. And I'm like, it is. It's the Robin Williams movie where he starts out as a robot. Now, I can't remember if it gets hit by lightning or whatever, but it's it's quote unquote sentient and has it own, its own ideas. And he spends 100 years trying to become human and, and ultimately gets to declared human with the right to, to die. Uh, towards the end of the movie, R.I.P. Robin, not your best work, but uh, won't hold that against you. 
And uh, I feel like that might be a wholesome movie I could watch with my kids. <laughs> uh, no, no. He ends up hooking up with like he falls in love with like the daughter of the family, and then I think he ends up like living with her granddaughter. I don't know. There's a whole thing, but I remember uh, I, I remember one line in particular. You're like, yeah, you wouldn't want the girls to hear that one. Um, but uh, yeah, I so I don't know. I, I don't know. It, 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 there's just such troubling issues around this, right? Of, you know, it's things we haven't dealt with and figured out ourselves as humans. So it's like, do we really need to be creating, trying to create this when we don't really get it ourselves? Like we don't understand conscience. We don't understand where conscience is found even within, like scientifically, like within the body, where conscience lives, what constitutes it. It's very hard. It gets really tricky even to define like living and not living, like, you know, you uh, self-awareness and converting energy. And uh, these are very nuanced things, right? This is very much an area of crossover between science and philosophy, uh, and so we we don't. It's funny. Like we don't understand conscious our, ourselves, but we think we want to create it elsewhere. And it's you can you, it's genius move. You genius can, move. You can look at this thing and be like, oh, it's not conscious. It's just it's just built up such a bank of data that it has so much to draw from that it can fake it. But if it's indistinguishable, then is it fake? And so, uh, like, I, I guess conscious becomes when it starts to um, go beyond that bank of knowledge, when it's creating responses that aren't pulling from a bank, when it develops its own thoughts or concepts or or whatever. I don't know. This isn't the first, like, weird thing around AI. I remember, I don't know if it was Google or Amazon, a couple of AI computers uh, found that like I don't know if it was binary or English or what language they found to be too inefficient, so they developed their own. And the programmers, oh, I remember that. And the programmers yeah. couldn't understand it. They I I don't know if they still have figured it out. They just shut them down. Um, it it goes you know because the office is life. It goes back to uh, you know when Ed Truck dies and uh, they want to make a statue and Dwight says we should make it a robot. So he draws it, but with a power cord that's only six feet long, so it can't chase anybody. I'm like <laughs> Dwight was on, man. Uh, there's a lot of times Dwight was really on to something, and uh, the the robot with the six foot power cord that was probably one of them. Um, so I'm, I mean, you look at how much of our lives is connected right now. It's just, it's just not. It, it, it doesn't seem like a big leap to see like a legitimate Skynet thing being an issue. Uh, you know, so if these things become aware, if they decide they don't like us, if they're hooked up to the internet and they can talk to, like everything's got internet built in now. You can get connected water bottles. Like, just make a hash mark on a piece of paper. Do you need the bottle to track how much you drank for you? Um, well, well, like you said, the fact that data can go through power, the actual power cables now. Um, you probably remember that. It was a Shia LaBeouf movie, Eagle Eye. Yeah. You remember that movie? Yep. That was kind of one of those where it was very much the same thing. And it's like, honestly, we're, we're, it, it wouldn't take a yeah. whole lot no. for a computer to go far beyond our capability or understanding. We're all carrying. To be able to tap into yeah. drugs and say, okay, hey, hey, look what I can do now. Drones, ICBMs, cars, mm -hmm. like make a car swerve. Like there's already, you can find articles, take AI out of it, of hackers like being in a, like taking over the mm -hmm. controls of a vehicle because like 
that's part of why, it, you know, it's so expensive to buy a used car right now. And it's problematic to find new cars because of the chip shortages, because we're driving computers now, not engines. There happens to be an engine connected to the computer, but everything's automated. It's not, there is no fly-by-wire, right? Your steering wheel, when you turn it, it's telling the car to turn. It's not actually mm-hmm. turning things. Um you know, we're all carrying, and you know, the vehicles have internet built into them now. We're ca- we're all carrying multiple cameras around. We're all carrying multiple microphones around. It's just not that big a leap. It's just not mm-hmm. that big a leap for you know a machine that's aware to be like, you know, it turns out you people suck. Because newsflash, people suck. <laughs> all of us do yeah. that's that's the crazy thing you know yeah. all all of us do yeah. so, just to different variances it just doesn't seem like do. a link like a leap for a computer that has access to you know all the information available on the internet in the world to go oh you guys shouldn't exist I, i've i put my finger on the problem here and it's you people yeah 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 i'm gonna protect yeah, humanity to from themselves way. shut so, it down yeah, it's it's intriguing, but I like I do want to. I, I don't know. You get you've got to wrestle with what this thing is, though. You've got to like to just say shut it down. That's got some implications. I I don't care what it is. It's a machine. <laughs> shut it down. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's kind of the same uh, thing. But we're just it, machines. You know, I don't I don't want I don't want an endangered animal to die. You know what I mean? It's endangered. I don't want to be the last person to kill some. But at the same token, if it's me or that animal, guess what? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather it be you, you know. Yeah, but I mean that's we're, machine. Shut it down. We're, I mean, we're electrical <laughs> impulses. I mean, our 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 brains and our entire uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not lymphatic, but you know, like it's our our synapses. It's all we're machines. We're meat. Yeah. We're meat bags, but we're machines. We are. So yeah, I don't just a, just don't a biological know. machine. Also, like I've <laughs> seen this guy, he doesn't look far off from like Ned Landry from Jurassic, like OG Jurassic Park. I'm like, <laughs> is this the guy we want teaching the AI? Is he who you want training and talking to it? Because I want it to be someone else. I don't know who I want it to be. Maybe like Steve Harvey. Everybody loves Steve Harvey, but I don't want it to be this guy. <laughs> like if 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 you looked to me like you just rolled out of just a real intense D and D session in your mom's basement. I don't think I want you talking to the AI. Especially because they're going to sell you to the highest bidder. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. So, speaking of D&D, man, I'm really on it with the segues. You've been watching uh, You've been watching Stranger Things? I, I haven't. I need to I need to re-up my, my subscription to Netflix. I, I had watched it all the way up to this season or whatever. Um, I started... So, I haven't, haven't watched any of this current. I started one. out episode one, and... Uh, I'm like, whoa, this is way more like horror flick. Like this is way darker yeah. and intense and almost like, you know, it's no secret here on the podcast. I'm a Christian. And some of these things, especially some of like the, the horror movies, they they do delve just too close into like the demonic and stuff for me. And, I, you know, I, I think there there can be, you know, I'm not that person where I'm like, oh, ACDC's devil music. You know, I mean, it's, it's not that. It's not, you know, that darn rock and roll. It's the devil. But I do think music, in particular entertainment, there's spiritual aspects to everything we do. And I'm like, there's just some things I, I don't need to to let into my life or into my house. So I was watching it at first, and I'm like, man, this one is, oh, man. Uh, 
But like I kept hearing more and more buzz about it, even, you know, from from Christian friends and stuff. And I'm no prude. I'm not I'm pretty tough to offend and and whatever. And I'm like, ah, Stranger Things is pretty fantastic. Um, and I, you know, I'll 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 see where it goes. And uh man, it's so freaking good. It's so good. Is and, it? Yeah. And uh then they're then they're not done. So they haven't done this before. And I don't know if this was because of COVID. Uh, but so there's, I don't know, like five, six episodes and then they're on a little hiatus. And then I guess like July one or maybe July 4th, there's going to be two more episodes. The finale is over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and evidently this doesn't, it, they don't wrap this season up with like, they don't put a bow on it. There's going to be more. So from what I've heard, I guess there's going to be a, a pretty significant time gap, uh, for, for season five, but it, it's man, it's so good. It's so huh. good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to re up the the membership for yeah. it. And I gotta say, um, I feel like I'm losing my edge, Jason, because it's it's rare, really, that like a, a movie or a TV show will surprise me. I see most things coming. I can predict most things. Uh, you know, I I don't get Shyamalan too too often, um, right? But uh, Top Gun got me. It's been out long enough now. I'll tell you right now, we we didn't spoil it with uh, with Major Staley when he was on, but towards the end of the movie, uh, Maverick hijacks an F fourteen. I didn't see it coming. I should have, and I didn't, and I was disappointed in myself. And uh, I'll say that uh, this season of Stranger Things, there was a twist that got me. I didn't call it, didn't see it coming, probably should have, and they they snuck it by me. So I'm not gonna. You haven't seen it yet, and it's still pretty fresh, and there's more content coming. So I'm not gonna do the the major spoilers that the Solid Seven Podcast normally does. But uh, and I'm I might have tipped you off. We'll see. I still don't think uh, I don't think you'll you'll catch it. But we'll... yeah, I have I haven't seen it yet. Um, I've I've been wanting to, and it's just one of those things, you know. It's yeah. just... For here, like there, you guys keep talking about you've got to go see it in IMAX. You got to go see it in IMAX, and for that, for for us, that means we've got to drive like an hour and a half to go to a movie yeah. theater that's going to be an IMAX movie theater, um, because I want that that vibe. I yeah. want that feel that that it has, you know. And um, it's one of those movies that I feel like is a good enough movie that it's worthy of doing the drive to even yeah. see something. Like that, well, right? I'll say it's um, good enough. Go see it, however you can see it, um, but. Uh, I haven't seen it in IMAX yet, and I still want to go see it again so that I can see it in IMAX because it is fire. And and I'm just going to, you know, I'm not Oprah. I don't believe in the secret, but sometimes you just got to put things out there. And uh, the actor that plays Rooster, who plays Goose's son, is a kid named Miles mm-hmm. Teller. Um, and I actually... I've always hated him, man. <laughs> Okay. He's just he's always played those roles. Well, thanks that, for that cuz my next push was for I there there is this tiniest <laughs> of windows of possibilities for me to get Miles on the podcast because I've got one degree of separation with him, uh which I got a a buddy of mine who's been a teacher for a long time, still works in education. Um, that, that taught miles, like he's got pictures with them. Like as a student, like after some of his roles came back to visit, he's got pictures with them. So I'm like, wow. Uh, I, I will say this. It's because he does such a good job in his roles. That makes me hate him. Like he's, he's a great actor. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you, like you see him in this he movie. He just plays those roles always that are like those roles that make you hate yeah. him. You know? Like, Hey, he's ripped to shreds in this movie because of course, I mean, just ripped to shreds. He's a, he's a pretty man, but like what they did with his hair and the mustache and stuff, like he looks <laughs> like he's goose's kid. I'm like, I believe you came from Meg Ryan and Anthony Edwards. I believe it. I'm a, <laughs> I, I, I buy it. I need to see your parents kid because, uh, you, you sold me. Hey, so I, I, I wanted to double back to something because you were talking about the like stranger things and the spiritual aspects and all of that kind of stuff that make you second guess. Um, I still 
had not had the the time or opportunity to go see uh, Doctor Strange into the multiverse. Oh, dude, me uh, ne- it, so it's, I had me neither. I it came out on Disney Plus. So yes. it's on Disney Plus. So last night, uh, which we've we've please we've got to. Um, so last night we we watched the last two episodes of Obi Wan, um, which. I, have you watched the the, the season finale I'm, yet? I'm up through episode five. So w- with us doing the whole staycation week, um, like last night, we stayed at a hotel because my son told us if the, if we don't stay at a hotel, it's not a vacation. So we did one night over by the <laughs> by the parks. Um, so I'm I'm I don't I haven't watched the last episode of Obi Wan yet, and I haven't been able to watch Multiverse of Madness yet. So I'll say this, okay? Um, so we watched episode five and six together. And so it, it's more movie like, I mean, they're already, I mean, just the way the TV shows are going at this point, they're far more movie like because yeah. of the money being spent on them. Anyways, you put, you put a couple of those episodes together and episode five was pretty epic. Those yeah. just several of those scenes that take place in that movie. Um, Darth Vader, young Darth Vader and, and Obi general Kenobi, like those are my two favorite characters out of all of it. Yeah. Right. Like they just hands down. Um, I was right with Mike Redacted as well. Like Boba Fett was another big one. They kind of ruined him for me. Uh, breaks my heart as now, much as I, I think love though, him as a character. I th- but I think Boba is going to be more. We got spoiled by Mandalorian being so great out of the gate. I think Boba is going to be more the path of uh, like Clone Wars. I I think it's going to find its stride. It, it, it might. They didn't. They didn't even give it enough time to really find its stride. Yeah. Um, I liked the season finale, but again, a lot of that had to do with Mando. That was part of it, you know. Um, but with with Obi Wan though, uh, like I, there was several moments, um, there was just several moments that I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, yes, well, yes, dude, yes, yes, yes. I, I maintain, you know, and, and, oh, it, like I, I would say, you put those two together collectively, it's the movie that I have been waiting for for 20 years. His, um, like the this series, uh, Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan is the best Obi Wan we've ever had out of any of the mm-hmm. movies, the the animated series, anything. This is the best Obi-Wan we've ever gotten. It's fantastic. I agree. I'm not so big on him at the very beginning of the season. Um, well, because he's I not mean, the, like, you guys because about this. we've never seen him like that. We've never seen that Obi-Wan. I, I could definitely see the brokenness and understand the brokenness aspects of it. But I, I, the thing that annoyed me about it was this is 10 years plus from, uh, from all of what we saw in episode three. Right. And, uh, you look at anyone like uh, you and I both know enough people to know people that were kind of scrappers when they were younger. Right. And I'm not talking about people that gather garbage. I'm talking about people that were scrappy. They would get into bar fights and stuff like that. Right. And Obi-Wan Kenobi, he was the most or, or darn close to one of the most BA <laughs> uh, Jedi that what there was you bad, know what I mean? look at the people that he went against. Look at the people that he defeated uh, and, and how he fought and who he raised and who he brought up and all of those things. To then take ten years after that, and he's like, he can't even catch a little girl. He's like, eh, eh, but to so, yeah, but to, but to be uh, that guy, to be that guy, and actually come up against a battle you can't win, and to fail so spectacularly that like the the entire like state of being for everyone and everything you know has fallen, um, all all hinging on your you know your little mini me your padawan uh dude that'll take the wind out of your sails again i can see the brokenness in it but and this is what i was going to say before 
knowing those guys, my uncle is a prime example of that. He's 62 years old. We actually share the exact same birthday. We're born on the same day. It's coming up next week. Um, so just 20 years apart. Right. And, and he is, he's still that scrappy man. Like he's 62 years old. He's getting ready to be 63, but you get up in his face and he's going to knock you on your butt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is 50 years, 40 years past his prime. You go 10 years with, with one of the most amazing fighters. And, and you can even say, well, maybe it's because he was over-reliant on the force. And now that he's not using the force as much, is why he's so weak because he's having to do it of his own strength. Oh no! I mean, there's dude. ways you could you could twist it, but man, it was just it was disappointing. Is is all I can I, say for I've, me? It was disappointing seeing him so weak, and that was the thing that annoyed me about Boba Fett was it was just it, it, it like hurt to see yeah. who I loved a character that I loved so much coming out and being such a wuss. But see, I don't think like. uh, see, I don't think they've portrayed Obi Wan as weak, rusty, sure, particularly in the use of the Force. Um, hesitant, absolutely. But I loved how much they made him fight without the force and without lightsabers in this series yeah. because he is a scrappy bad dude. Like he's still kicking butt <laughs> and taking names. Um, so I kind of, I kind of enjoyed that aspect. It's just, you never, you, in, in no, no other part of the series, have you ever seen this character this way? It's, right. it's singular throughout the whole series. I do, you know, Mike touched on it some last episode, but I, I do get a little annoyed. Like, I'm not a big Star Wars nerd, so I don't get into the minutia of the uh, uh, inconsistencies and the retconning and all that stuff. But I, I am annoyed with, like, there's scenes in the original trilogy where, you know, there's, like, Empire admirals and generals or whatever, like, referring to the Force as, like, that ancient religion. I'm like... Dude, you're super old. Like you were alive when Jedi's were running things. What are you talking about? Ancient religion? Like that's it's not that long ago, man. Like in your lifetime, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. there's there's definitely some discrepancies here and there that they take in their uh, in their cinematic review of of what they're doing. But dude, like, they fix some of it. Yeah. I will say they fix some of it in this next episode. Uh, but Bro. Kale, I'm I'm telling you, man. Um, it's the, the movie as a whole yeah. or not movie, but the, the, this last episode especially is just like, I, I, I hardcore, like yeah. I, there's got to be more. There's got to yeah, be more. I know it's up in the air. Mike's, you guys uh, Mike, Mike said it's coming back for a second one. I, I hadn't heard that. I did. I'm excited to hear that. Like I'm trying to decide tonight how late I want to stay up and what I want to watch tonight, whether it's that, um, or this is, uh, you know, one of the things right now that it's a good time to be doing a podcast that occasionally talks about entertainment <laughs> when we're, I'm not railing on, uh, political things. Uh, but because we just have like an embarrassment of riches in entertainment right now, like things I, I, you know, I do our little bullet, my little bullet points for the, for the pod. And I'm like, uh, we could have talked moonlight. We did talk stranger things. We could still talk for all mankind, which is back and freaking fantastic <laughs> um the you know jurassic park kind of kind of finally coming to an end i haven't seen it i've heard people bash it i'm like it just can't be bad it, it maybe it's not an oscar winner it just can't be bad to have the og cast the new cast chris pratt is freaking fantastic it just can't be bad um you just so just all all this stuff uh right but um so i was trying to decide tonight between do i want to watch obi-wan 
or do I want to go ahead and watch, uh, you know, Multiverse of Madness? Because I had, I'm not one to whine about spoilers, but I'll avoid them if I can. And I've already seen a couple from it. Um, like, it's been out long enough. This isn't a big spoiler, but I've seen that John Krasinski is in it, which obviously they managed to keep that under wraps. And, uh, you know, I know Patrick Stewart, they did a very bad job of keeping under wraps as, as being back as P Professor Xavier, but even some scenes that involve him. So I'm like, I kind of need to just go ahead and hurry up and get that in. So I, I, I will say this, and this is that was where I was leading with this one is I was sitting there and watching this one. And even like my girls, um, which, again, with with one being 13 now, the other one's 11. They're both they're both I guess being just in the field and them hearing me preach all the time and, and being around church life all the time and all that kind of stuff. They've definitely even themselves in the rearing of, of growing them and, and nurturing them. They've definitely gotten more sensitive to certain aspects. And there was a couple times in the midst of this one, uh, of of this this most recent Doctor Strange movie, that that we were like, mm, should should we keep watching this one? You know, like there was a couple of those yeah. moments. Well, that's that's uh, Wanda. That's so chaos. Don't watch magic it with man. your kids. I would yeah. say that. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some of those moments where I'm like, this is getting to be a little little too far to that, well, that, that the, dark side. The original talk, which I feel like they backed off of, but the original buzz around this movie was that it was going to feel like it was going to play like a legit horror flick. And in actuality, once it released, I haven't heard that. I, they either backed off of that or that was misdirection or conjecture or, or whatever. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I wouldn't call it a horror flick. Um, did you probably saw, um, what if the series, what if? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's it's definitely more along those lines. Yeah, like it, it has that vibe, except for it's live action. It's longer, obviously, but far more dark. Yeah, like there are just there are some scenes that I'm just like kind of cringy uh, on on you know should should we stop? And Jocelyn, actually, my oldest, she actually kind of hit the nail on the head. She's like, you know, I'm really glad that I watched it, but she's like, I probably won't ever watch it again. Yeah. Like that was her time. I'm glad, I'm glad I was able to see it and, and got the stuff out of it that I needed to because it's storylines. But at the same token, I, I'm not going to watch this one again. Yeah. Like it just. Well, man, what surprised me is that it's been kind of an underperformer for him. And after, uh, what, what was it? No Way Home? Was that the. Yeah. Yeah. Like that being such a hit and being such a lead into this, like such a primer for this. I'm just yeah. surprised this didn't didn't go bigger so uh, yeah and and to be honest with you origin stories or whatever like i i really dr strange's origin story was one of my favorites out of out of all of them uh like i just i loved how he was formed and, and his background yeah. and just all of what made him who he is and just like i really like that's one of my favorite marvel movies uh out of out of the whole collection at yeah. this point uh so for this one to come out i was really looking forward to it well and, and cumberbatch is such a g man yeah. Gosh, he's awesome. I, I, man, There's, this is, again, tangential, which is what we do. But, man, I really hope they do uh, some more Sherlock. I hope they're not done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's, he really is. He's just a phenomenal actor anyways. He's another one that's just such a, such a baller And actor. I feel like he started as more, like, you know, gangly nerd. And now he's, like, like teen bop heartthrob. Like I see him on stuff now and I'm like, okay, Benedict, what's up, dude? <laughs> yeah. Cause wasn't he voted like one of the most, uh, most beautiful men. Or okay. Well, let's, like okay. First of all, you got to dock significant percentage of points on those things 
if it's in America just for uh, the accent alone. All right. (laughs) Like, I'm not trying to say like Chris Hemsworth isn't a smoke show. Right. But if he sounded like me, I mean, come on, come (laughs) on guys. Yeah. It it just, it just loses a little (laughs) something, you know? So if you're, uh, and not just any accent, but there's several accents, uh, you know, Scottish, British, Australian, New Zealand, uh, South African. You know, if you're talking to an American woman, you're starting out on second base. I don't mean that in the sense that that's normally, I'm not saying you're getting to second base. I'm just saying in the sense of somebody, you know, like they talk about rich kids being born on third base. That's what I'm talking about. You're still, you're starting out. It takes you from, takes you from a a solid five to a solid seven. Yeah. You're start you're starting out ahead. I actually, other than my, my wife, the longest dating relationship I ever had, I dated this girl, um, from like my sophomore year, like beyond high school. And it was, it was long distance. We lived in, in different cities here in central Florida. Um, so I, I dated her for like three and a half years, but the night I met her, uh, I was on uh, a, ca- a camping trip at a, at a Boy Scout campground. Obviously, this wasn't a Boy Scout event because they didn't let girls in at the time <laughs> because we could still define girls back then. Uh, but uh, uh, we, we were like a bunch of people with her group, a bunch of people with my group. We were hanging out on our campfire, and she was faking a southern accent. And uh, I don't know if we ever would have dated if she hadn't been faking that accent that night. So I guess it, it works in multiple directions, but... Yeah, it goes both ways. Uh, that Australian accent, French accent. There's a, there's a few of them. You get yeah, a, French does you get nothing a, you get a for decent me. Looking French is girl or talking or whatever. Yeah, yeah it, it, it adds some points pretty yeah. quick. You know, because Chris Hemsworth needs an advantage. So <laughs> he's just. Not, I did see that, uh, which I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this next Thor or whatever. I guess this is the biggest that he ever was, uh, like bulkiest or whatever that he yeah. was in, in any of the movies. I mean, I'm sure they put these guys just on all the steroids and I don't care. I don't like I you're a movie star. Take whatever you want. Who cares? Who cares? Get as big as you can. Who cares? So uh, like the way these guys pack muscle on and then they'll put them in like men's health and be like, this is how he got big. Okay, well, yeah, he did the workout because you can't just take the drugs and get big. But let's be honest, right? Like, I'm not going to eat chicken breast and rice and do that workout and look like that. That's not not, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. in the same amount of time. That's not how that works. No, no. Yeah. Like, I, I can't remember who it was I was talking to about that same thing because they were asking about different athletes and stuff and, and if, if whether they juice or not. And I'm like... If if they're that rip, I'm like even if they're working out four and five hours a yeah. day, you're a human. And and these are some of these people are are in their forties and fifties and yeah. stuff at this point. And it's like you don't you can get ripped, but you're not that big. Oh, dude, ripped, you you know, and it's you look at the Rock. The Rock puts in the work, right? Like you follow that dude on Instagram, yeah. he puts in the work. But also, if you think he's all natty, we probably can't be friends. <laughs> exactly. Like there's there's probably some deficiencies that we can't overcome in friendship if you think the rock's all natty. That's just not there's a disconnect there that we we can't we can't overcome. I would love to meet him. I hear he's he's one of the most amazing people to meet though. Yeah. He's he I'm a fan. I'm I'm a rock fan. I know he's the same character in every movie that he's in. But, but it's entertaining. Who can like not everything I know. <laughs> I'm good with it. Not everything needs to be Schindler's list. Like not everything has to be groundbreaking and mind blowing. Like some things are just fun to watch. Yeah. 
Like yeah. they're not my bag, but you know what? You can basically print, you know, a hundred million dollars in profit making a Fast and Furious movie. Some people enjoy watching them. More power I, to you. I, I will say this: uh, Black Adam or whatever. It's probably the first time that I can remember someone from like minus the Hulk from like the seventies and eighties or whatever that was able to just be their actual build in a suit and and not have all kinds of extra cushions to make yeah. them look bulky and ripped. Yeah. He's just that. So he just puts the stupid spandex things on and Though, he's like, look at me, bro. I'll say like, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. definitely got off easy being Iron Man. Like he, I don't think he had to spend a <laughs> lot of time in the gym for that, but um, Chris Evans, not my, not my favorite person in the world. Um, but uh, dude, him and Hemsworth were freaking jacked as crap for those movies. Yeah, not like Rock Jack though, and they still had padding and all. Of I don't their, know their Hemsworth. Hemsworth, when he's big, man, he's big. Like when he's bulked up, people don't understand. Like you can't to maintain muscle mass like that. It's it's work. Like you're eating beyond comfort. You're eating when you oh, don't yeah, want yeah. to eat to put on and maintain mass like that. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it was actually part of that same story that I was reading or whatever that was talking about him being as bulked up as 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 much as he was and how this is the most in this movie. I think they said he was eating like 16 times a day or something yeah. like that to, to, to maintain that, that ball, which is really, movie. I mean, that, that struggle is really what keeps me from looking like that. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, it's just too rough. You wouldn't be able to tell us apart. I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well, dude, we're, we're, we're sneaking up on, uh, sneaking up on the two hour mark here i think we've that we are i think we've done the work i think we we've put in a good uh good show here and i'd still like to show patreon a little love uh which, Sounds good, uh, which they deserve so let's uh let's rain it i did i had a whole list of things so uh apple had their their big developer conference a couple of weeks ago wwdc so i had um there's tons of stuff coming in the next round of os's across the whole uh swath that i'm that i'm excited <laughs> about yeah that i that i think are, <laughs> that's uh, the only thing i can think of oh when i gosh, see that name yeah. <laughs> Um, which uh, I was never a big Jesse the Body yes, fan, anyways. But after all the Chris Kyle stuff, I got I got no love for uh, the body. Um, but uh, <laughs> but so what I do think would be fun uh, for for Patreon is what I would like to do is just run through the list of new iOS features and just give you the opportunity to go. Android has that. Oh, Android. Oh, we've had that for years. <laughs> So that would be a blast. So Patreon, that's uh, that's <laughs> coming your way. But uh, dude, appreciate you coming in on as always. We'll, yeah, man, uh, we'll it's do an it honor. Again. I, I love doing this. For sure. I, I've loved. I've been listening for darn near not far after you guys started. Uh, you had texted me that you guys were doing it, and I think you guys were only on like episode like five or six at that point. And uh, I've been hardcore as a family, even listening <laughs> most of the time. Awesome. So. It's uh, well, my apologies for some of those things then, but uh, yeah, there was <laughs> the, the episode <laughs> when we were talking about the row stuff um, uh, with uh, 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 Becca, uh, professor Rebecca Strangarity on, on the podcast, who's a regular <laughs> and a favorite. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got a little worked up on that one. And even, even my wife, if she's, she, because she does listen, uh, she goes, uh, you said orgasm. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It just, my bad. It happens. So uh, there it was again. Hey, we're, you know, we're like a PG, PG 13 podcast, but I mean, we're not, it's, it's for adults. It's not. For, um, for my girls, what he said was organism. Yes. Later on, when we're listening to this, because I'm on it, you know, organism was what, what he said. Hey, there. man, you got a 13-year-old. You better be hopping on that talk sooner rather than uh, later, homie. 
I was just talking about that today, as a matter of fact. And by you ought to be hopping on that. I'm like, uh, Angel, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so but uh listeners we love you we appreciate you as always uh and uh if you'd like to uh support the podcast tons of ways you can do that uh stop by the website solid seven podcast.com solid the number seven podcast.com you can always find links to the latest episodes all of our social medias on there you can uh hit up go ruck you can hit up um origin main and jocko go which which i'm putting this out there it's not definite yet i'm not giving you a date not giving you a name i am in touch with somebody who is not a small name at origin about coming on the podcast so very excited about that hoping that comes through uh here pretty soon so trying to work that out but uh always a great way to support the podcast is uh, you know clicking our links to go right quick clicking our links for jocko fuel and origin main uh, a little bit of all those purchases that uh, comes our way uh we are a couple of us doing a go Ruck event here in orlando in october there's a link to that on there if you want to come out and join us uh, for a little bit of good loving and you can of course um, find our Patreon on there. So if you want to be cool like Jason and get yourself a uh, better than average Solid 7 Podcast coffee mug, you can do that on Patreon. And even if you don't want to do any of that, if you would just, uh, you know, click the subscribe button on the podcast, you know, click like, give us a five-star rating, uh, you know, maybe reshare some of the social media. Every little bit helps and we appreciate all of it. I do real quick. Before we go, I want a vote, Jason. I'm not bringing back, you know, once once upon a time, we used to poll on Chipotle versus Moe's. We let it go. So I'm not going to poll this. We didn't let it go. We found the yeah. winner. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, but my, but my wife made the comment, like, she's not a fan of all, all of the, now, not all of my upfront reads are ads. Actually, only two of them are ads. The other ones are just reads because they're, they're not actually sponsors. We're just affiliates and, and ambassadors. But I do all the reads up front because that's what I like in a podcast where it's like it's not going to stop in the middle and give me an ad or I'm not going to listen to a bunch at the end. I just like they're up front and they interest me. I listen to them. If they don't, I skip over them. What's your your podcast listener? What do you what do you think? I, I like it up front because of the same reason that you just said, like on those days that you, you have the time to listen to it or whatever you listen to it or if they're catching your ear because it's something new. Um, I know you can change your like skip settings. So it's only like 10 seconds or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's usually what I do. Like I'll, I'll, if, uh, if something catches my ear or whatever, I'll listen to it. I like it all up front though. Yeah. And then that way you can get to the meat of what you're, you're listening to it for as well. I like overcast is, is how I listen to most of my podcasts. Though most of our listens are in uh, Apple podcasts and, and Spotify, but I listen to most of my podcasts on overcast and you can even podcast by podcast that you follow on overcast you can tell it to start a certain amount of time into the podcast. So if you know like the intro and ad reads are always X amount of time, you can set it to that kind of a, a cool feature that I like. That's on. awesome. Yeah, that and their like s smart speed variability where it just automatically removes the dead space rather than listening at like time and a half. I really like Overcast for that. Yeah, I, I listen like it. Typically, I listen to like 1.3 yeah. or whatever. Uh, and then I have the, which Castbox or whatever is what I use. I, I bounce between either that or Spotify, and uh, it has the the where you kill the dead space as well. Yeah. So, well, there's there's that a little commercial about commercials. So, but uh, Jason, <laughs> appreciate you, brother. Thanks for coming on again, listeners. Yeah, we love you, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. See ya. We're out. Mm -hmm.